and it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 49, recorded Friday, July 29th, 2011. It's a sad day. That's eh, a Friday. No Fridays are ever sad. We'll figure out what sad means. Along with a lot of other Q&A, let's get Splunk Talk going. I gotta have more cowbell. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 49 of Splunk Talk. How you doing, Maverick? Doing good, how about yourself? I'm doing great. That's Maverick Garner. He's down in Plano. He's a principal sales engineer with Splunk. And I am... The wild down in Austin, Texas. Actually, the, yeah. Well, the, Splunk, the Splunk Ninja. Why do everybody, I say down in Dallas? Oh, fail, fail. So everybody knows that you... Sorry about that. My phone is going off. Um, everybody knows that you're the Splunk Ninja. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, down in... Well, actually, down in Dallas, a lot of people are above us in the world. Like, not mentally, of course. <laughs> You're talking geographically. Geographically, if you will. So down in Dallas is fine. Uh, today's a sad day. Episode number 49 is a sad day. Why is it a sad day? Yeah, why? Because why? it's System that. Admin Appreciation Day. Oh, Sys well, why? Sysadmin is- Day. Sad. Sysad. Oh. Sysadmin. You're so clever. Sysadmin Day. S-A-D. Not really. Yeah, I'm very clever. Not just not right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. So happy sysadmin day. Sysadmin appreciation every to everyone's sysadmin. I love sysadmins. I actually think that's other than just entertaining people on a weekly basis with a podcast. That's the, the thing that I like to do the most is systems administration because I feel really? useful. I do because I don't know. It could be because I like building Legos. And systems administration is very similar. You're assembling things and putting them together, and then your kids come in and break them, and you got to fix it. Is that how that works? And you're still missing pieces from the X-Wing fighter, and you're trying to put it back together, and it's so friggin' delicate. Wait a minute. That's not system administration. (laughs) That's being a dad. I also have, you know, a couple years ago, I'm going to play this song later. Maverick wrote an awesome theme song. We had this contest called Sysadmin of the Year. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that's I mean, a long time ago. Cool shirt that I have on that has an ASCII. Actually, it's oh. an it's an ASCII Hook'em Horns sign. Actually. Oh no, you got the you got the one with the rock and roll sign. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the pinky yeah, and the middle index there. finger going. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and you got to do when you do it, you got to do your teeth on your front lip going. Mm, yeah, mm, like that. Yeah, mm. but it's more Hook'em Horns than it is Motley Crue. You know, where Motley Crue did the thumb out. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so yeah, it is, is like a hookup. Well, it's in Austin, so you would know that. Right. So, so. But I'm, I actually <laughs> didn't go to University of Texas. I just have a hat because it happens to be the only hat that fits my head. Although I got a Splunk hat recently, and it fits. But we should do an episode today. You know, we've been, the way Maverick and I have been doing the podcast, we've kind of have these, we don't have a seven-second delay. We have like a couple-week delay. So we had worked on, you know, a bunch of episodes, and then sometimes we, we can't make it, right? Somebody's on vacation, so we always have a few yeah. in, in the can. But now we have none in the can. So this is recorded. It means i got to edit it and get it going, and and, uh, and hopefully we'll get back on track. But who knows? We might just do episodes. The one you hear recorded on Friday might be the one you actually listen to on Monday. So 
Yeah, unless unless there's a reason why none of you want us to do this anymore, you can always tell us not to do it. We will stop. But so far, we've been getting requests to keep going. So if you guys are getting value out of this, then cool. We, we have a we, cool we'll, story we'll that you talked to a user about, but we're going to save that for later. So we got a couple of questions today. It's always good to get to the questions. And, you know, if you guys and gals, um, if you're new folks and you want us to go over some Stuff that's easy. I mean, not, it's easy for us because we've been here for five years. But sometimes the things that are brand new aren't the easiest things. So we're even happy to go over, like, how you get certain types of data in or how you do file system change. But today, Maverick's got a question for moi. Yeah, let me let me ask a question and see if you have the answer for this one. Um, of course I have the answer. Let's just, let's just, <laughs> let's just, test, let's test the hypothesis. No, I'm not the, um, I, know, I don't know everything. So there you the go. Theory. Yeah, you okay. might not know. Okay. It's, it's pretty easy, I think, for you. Okay. I went into the config of my Apache server, changed the log output format. So they're changing the output of their Apache. I've assert, inserted the, uh, a time-taken and a remote-host and a few other fields. Now all my fields are all messed up in Splunk. So how do I fix this? Yeah. So you know what he's asking, right? <coughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, in Apache, like in, <coughs> excuse me, in Microsoft Internet Ex Information Server, IS, you can have control over how the log format comes out. It, it'll default to a certain set of fields that are there all the time. But uh, there are other fields that you can have both web servers, for example, but in this case, Apache, there are other fields you can add in. This person added in time taken, which is, well, it's the amount of time it took for the request to complete in milliseconds and a few other fields. So when Splunk does, well, normally, you know, like for the new folks, Splunk does field extraction, does it at search time, which means it figures it out every time you do a search, which is sweet. And if it's a key value pair, like from equals Michael, to equals Maverick, subject equals wild is awesome. <laughs> it will, it'll just automatically figure it out. Who cares what order it's in? But when you have data logs like this that are just sort of written out in text, Splunk has a default field format for that particular source type, which is usually access combined or access combined with cookie. And it's done with a positional regex. So it's going to be looking at, you know, this piece of text to be in this location followed by a bunch of spaces followed by this piece of text and so on and so forth. Yeah, the standard one for that type. Yeah. Right. But since it's a positional, since, since it's using regex and it's not a key value pair, there's a chance that you actually might have to either rewrite it. So you could do two things. You could use the field extraction uh, little wizard thing next to each event and just give it the samples and pick out your fields and work like that. Um, or you could just write a regex to do it. I actually would probably write a regex to do it I usually do it with the rex command. And here's a tip for you. Just use two different regexes. Use um, anything that's a space and anything that's not a space. So capture everything that's not a space or backslash capital S plus. Capture those as the each piece of text. Right, right. Um, and then uh, anything that's a space will be in between it. Now, when you're doing access combined, you'll also run into things that are quotes. So you might want to actually get rid of the quotes, like for URI. But it's not that hard to do. Um, took me about five minutes to write a regex for it. Using rex, I can see it. 
And then it's easy to persist it uh, as well, just creating a field extraction. So it's not that hard to do, but don't be too surprised if you have a, a piece of raw random log format that's just positional and the log itself has no metadata in it about what its format is, like an XML or like key value pairs. It's not that Splunk is broke, it's Splunk's behaving how it's supposed to and you have the ability to change it if you need to. Not that hard and if you need some help, just ask a ninja. Yeah, yeah, I've done a similar kind of thing that you're talking about. The technique with a couple of customers actually in the last couple of weeks, one was with somebody that was doing uh, SolarWinds alert logs and they wanted to get a spec. I guess it was different in the version they had or whatever. And so they um, they did exactly what you just said to do that. And then um, yesterday it was somebody who was doing snort logs, but they set it to full snort. And then it, I guess somehow it was a different than what the snort app that Splunk Base mm. has. Right. So they went in and did, I showed them where they could just change it and add another regex, just like you did for to get all those different fields and then can name it and everything. So it would, and it was just a five minute thing. It's very easy to do. Yeah. Bug your, bug your application and log and application and, and switch and device vendors to put information like dest IP equals this source IP equals this. A lot of firewalls do that. So the log parsing systems can just deal with it. So. Cool. Oh, I have a question for you. All right. This question is very interesting, and I, I personally did not know of this limitation, so Maverick's going to talk about a limitation on how to get around it, and the question is, on my dashboard, I have a tabular report. It usually contains a, a total of about 20 rows, and when I get my automated PDF, it looks great. This person creates a PDF from his, uh, from his report. However, when there are more than 50 rows in the final report, my PDF truncates all rows after those 50 is that a limitation with PDF reporting or is there some workaround or a way I can fix this? What say you? Yeah, so so this is um, something that we've, I guess some people when they choose to do the PDF output versus maybe exporting it out to a CSV or something to be able to manipulate like an Excel or something like that. When they want to get a real report where they want to possibly, you know, maybe get 2,000 lines or something in the total report it's not about getting the top of anything or getting something over time they just have a table with a bunch of listings and values which splunk will let you do very very nicely be able to format those kinds of things but they need to print it out in a pdf for a manager typically or someone that's not going to really care about anything other than just seeing the the listing they need to be able to have the listing as a reference or something so um, so there is somewhat of a limitation in the page because the pdf stuff is based on the WYSIWYG. so whatever the report has that's what it gives you. And because of some of the, um, uh, I guess, browsers that people use and the, maybe the limit on memory that you might have, it, in, you know, when you go to print off a 2,000 or to render a 2,000 row uh, report in a browser, it's going to take a lot of memory possibly. So we have this thing where it goes to 50 and then you put a paginator or a paginator can show up or you can add it into the dashboard to say go to the next page of 50 and then go to the next page of 50, so on and so forth. Right, right. Because what you Maverick's know. really saying is like the PDF printer uh, in Splunk, it just sort of brings up a browser and it renders it. And the limit, the limit isn't so much in the PDF, right? It's really in the actual ch uh, data table or the simple results table widget. That's correct. Simple results table. Right. That's exactly right. And so the paginator, then you wrap the paginator around it in order to then say. And I it'll do that automatically. Like sure, when you correct. when you when you do simple when you make your dashboard and you say data table, it'll just puts that stuff there and takes care of it for you automatically. Except. In Except this situation, it, 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 it's it, too smart. 
it's too smart and and really what you want is a WYSIWYG we want all of them on the same page and it, let's assuming you have enough memory in your browser to render the whole thing and it's not a problem then it should you should be able to do that it's not as yeah, what if you had a million rows you'd be pushing like megabytes to your browser and it might not like it right yeah exactly so so I so I was I was helping this person and I was like okay and they were working with our support they were paying customer they're working support support was trying to figure it out and, and even I think uh, our PS guys were trying to figure out or give some advice on that and basically pushing them more towards the Excel, like just export it out to Excel and you get the whole thing and you don't have to worry about the limitations of the WYSIWYG part of it. And then, of course, I was like, no, nah, I don't believe that. I'm going to try to figure this out. And I put, I tried to do the um, change of those, of those like account parameter in one of the uh, simple results table or whatever. It doesn't go, if I, even if I set it to a thousand, it doesn't do more than 50 per page. Like it's just, it's a deprecated thing. It's just, it's just to prevent you from shooting yourself in the foot basically. So, um, but but then I found on Splunk Answers, an answer was someone was talking about doing a setting for the count that you, um, that uh, options for how many rows you want in the Flash timeline. So the Flash timeline, that the, which is in the search GUI, right? When you go search for stuff and then you say, there's a little thing over on the middle right where you can select how many rows that you want to show up. Yeah, it doesn't say and options. It, it's like options, yeah. yeah. And it goes like 10, 25, 50, and it just has 50. So, so I went and looked at the flash timeline and got that little part that showed the count and it has a list. It has the count. It's a count module basically. And it has the parameter name as option. And then under there is a list of the text and the value that you want to show up in the little dropdown. So I took that and moved it into my dashboard for my tabular test that I was doing it on. And then I set it to 5,000 and it totally worked. It totally got around. It totally says, okay, well, if that's what you picked, then that's, and, and, and Splunk just renders it and it put all of them all the way down. So I was really happy. I saved off the PDF. It was like a nine page PDF report, had all two, two or 3,000 lines, I guess, in my particular report that I had um, and my maximum that I basically had got around it. It worked around it. So I thought that was kind of cool. So we need to, we need to, we're trying to work on this internally to fix this and make this more viable to have some more options and designing it right. But for those of us uh, that are hardcore Splunkers, this is how you can do it. Yeah, and really, you're just modifying the user interface. So, you know, what I'd like it to see is like, you know, if it's being printed by a PDF, you know, maybe um, it gets around that limitation or it's not going to automatically... Kind of doesn't apply. To yeah, it. because the, yeah. The, 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 the paginator... <laughs> really, it's just, you know, to go to next, 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 one, two, three, four, pa to paging through your set of results is good for a browser where humans going to interact with it. But when you're printing it out, you don't want like a paginator on your printout. That'd be silly. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I was real happy that I was real happy that it worked because I just it was like I, that I needs to be vi that needs to be videoed. I probably need to I'm going to make I'm going to work with you and make a video on that because that's a cool thing. <laughs> I will. Well, I mean, I'm not like I said, your idea. I'm going to make you do it. No, no, no. You can do it. I just want. I just want to. I just thought it would be. Um, it's a good one to because I had a person asking me this, and I just thought that this is a good topic for today. It is a very be good topic. Be because because it's probably that's why you guys are listening to all these things each week to try to get some things that maybe you might not get anywhere else. And so we like you to. We'd like to try to deliver on that as much as we can. Um, that was a pretty, can, pretty so. sweet answer. I mean, that, that, like, I didn't even know that that was an issue, but I can see it yeah. being an issue right now because I understand the way the UI framework works. I just figured it would have been more people would have raised their hand saying, hey, we need to have this. But I guess maybe the Excel thing is a pretty good option, too, just to dump it out and, and for, from a reporting dump perspective and getting, getting the full results for reference purposes. So I totally understand why. But anyway. Um, Sweet. 
All right. You know what we got coming up? Especially, I know that if you are hearing this, uh, if you're listening to Splunk Talk currently, like Mike Langhorst is from Cal ISO, did, you, <laughs> did I send you that picture? Yeah, yeah, that was totally You know what awesome. I'm, I'm going to do for this episode? I'm going to put that picture of Mike on, um, <laughs> on the... Uh, <laughs> On, on the, the podcast logo. image. Okay. Because uh, Mike Langhorse is a customer from Cal ISO, and he was out there with Deep, Karen Deep, Saves Lives, Baines. And uh, they <laughs> sent me this photo of Mike with his iPhone, I think, and he had Splunk Talk podcast on it. I was like, it's flattering. People it's very, it is flattering. It's not yes. just a bunch of, like, uh, IP addresses out there. There's a person, which is cool. So, hey, what's up, Mike? But anyways, we're going to be at... Uh, User conference, Splunk user conference in two weeks. That's like the 15th through the 17th, I think. Am I right about that? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. The first day there's like pre-training, which I'm not going to be there for because I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to fly in on a red eye. But day two, well, really day one and day two of of user conference got a lot of killer sessions, a lot of good stuff going on. And um, just a ton of content. So anyways, I um, was talking to someone on email this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, who actually turned out to be the founder of a competitor's company. Wow. Um, he's no longer there. He's doing his own thing. But he was asking me, like, hey, is there a, you know, I'm thinking about doing this thing that maybe integrates with Splunk. And, uh, uh, you know, is there is there good info for developers at the user conference? So there's a bunch of sessions focused at developers, developers that want to integrate with Splunk and get data out of Splunk. There is... There's a dev portal coming soon at dev.splunk.com, which by the time you hear this, it might already be out. Mm-hmm. If you go there right now, you'll probably get a username and password because it's still protected. There's some awesome stuff like you'll see Splunk Storm, uh, the cloud service. Mm-hmm. You're going to see stuff from VMware, Enterprise Security Suite, or it's called Splunk for Enterprise Security. And just a, a ton of killer things going on. It's going to be very exciting. A, l- a lot of firsts, a lot of things that we're not, we're showing for the first time, we're debuting basically at Correct. even some even some things in their beta form, like just yeah. brand new right out as a solutions group. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty going to be some amazing stuff. And, um, I think that, uh, you, you, if you're the type that want to, you want to be there and see it first, then you will be able to do that totally. And we're, um, I got to figure out what your schedule is, Maverick, um, for your session. I'm giving a session on Regex. It's like at Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I don't know what room it's in, somewhere. It's called um, Field Extractions, Making Regex Your Buddy. And it's going to be all about... Um, that's that's when mine is. It's at 3 o'clock. Is it 3? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, that's actually good because uh, the reason why I wanted to know... Well, wait, what are you doing? You're doing a session on what? Uh, splunking outside the box. Um, it's all the outside, like uh, like for it's example, like step I, one: cut a hole in the box. No, 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 oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, not that. Okay, no, no, like for example, I splunked for the for the hell of it. I'm I uh, I splunked uh, uh, some data, my emails basically, so I can when I do my annual review, I can basically you know show what uh, kind of activity I have, what I've been doing, and I also splunked uh, Kenneth Lay's emails from Enron. Uh, to show how I compare to how he uh, emails and the types of typos that he types in his emails compared to the, my typos and how similar and how different they are. Things like that. Really outside the box comparison, all for the sake of showing how to use the language to do these kind of things. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, we're also going to be doing Splunk Talk there. 
That's right, live. Yeah, actually. we're doing live. And, you know, we might do two episodes there. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Aaron, so, who's in charge of Aaron Sweeney, awesome, in charge of the conference, um, is has got a pretty... I think she's got a sweet setup for us. She's got a set. I think there's going to be a couch. No way, really. Camera. It's supposed to look like the Splunk Talk logo. Like, so they're they're going all out. Marketing's just like ponying up. Well, that's pretty. They're not, it's not like they're ponying up. <laughs> Marketing yeah, we, doesn't pony up just, anything for Splunk Talk. It's a we have a couch. Yeah, <laughs> I believe we have a couch. We have a table. Um, it's going to be in the Solutions Lab uh, area. So that's cool. If you want to come stop by. We need curtains. We get curtains. Uh, I believe there's a curtain as well, like a red. Seriously? Curtain. Yes. Oh, so oh, we'll do our best to make the cutest little set ever. Sweet. Looking okay, at my cool. audio equipment out there, and if you uh, want to stop by, you know, please do say hi to Splunk Talk. Say, you know, maybe you can be on the be on the program and tell us what you're doing with Splunk and um and uh, hang out for a bit. So check that out. That's going to be fun. Splunk User Conference coming up. All right, what did we learn this week? I got something. I think I got something. What do you got? Do I got something? Something you learned? Okay, there's a couple of things. Um, I learned there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. You'll actually see it. Um, I think you'll see, you might see it at user conference. Cool. One thing you probably didn't know is the code name for the next release of Splunk is Bieber. That's right. Bieber? Yeah. Oh. You mean like as in Justin? As in Justin. Oh, as in whoa. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, baby. Yeah. Well, my friend David Carrasso has been working on the search assistant. What's the search assistant? Yeah, what is that? I probably didn't even know it was called the search assistant. So, you know I when didn't... you type in the search bar and a little yeah. box comes below that has a bunch of stuff there, like your recent searches or some information? He's been working on that thing like a madman. Really? And um, what, like what things? What well, are you talking? About? He's uh, last time I was back at Splunk a couple weeks ago. He was showing me that um, he's got. Let's see. Um, one of the things. So let's say you type the word error. Mm-hmm. He'll show all of the saved searches that you have that actually have that phrase in it. Okay, oh, okay. below. So he's he's looking through the saved searches to see any ones that like look what you look like what you were looking for. Okay. He's also got, if you hit like the pipe command and you start typing search commands like time chart, he's got all the syntax in there. So you can basically hit tab and you can tab down and almost build an entire search command just with your keyboard without even mousing around or without even pretty much typing. Really? And uh, a bunch of new help is in there as well. It's the search assistant's becoming a really cool thing. One of the things I was talking to David about, I said... I use this app called Fantastical, which is this amazing, amazing data entry thing for your calendar. I can basically say, have a meeting with Maverick on Thursday at 3 p.m. every Thursday. And it'll basically fill this out and make me a calendar appointment. So I said, it'd be cool if we did that for Splunk. He's like, well, it's not that easy because you sort of need to understand the language of how people express their searches. But he said, if you couldn't come up with like, between 20 and 100 different searches that people might commonly do. Yeah. Time chart, top, you know, top IP, time chart, count by source IP, that he'll end up, he'll try to work on something like that where you can then just say, I would like a time chart graphing source IP by URI. 
So you can type the English phrase in there, and Splunk oh, will automatically cool. build the search command for you. Oh, cool! But that is not, awesome. But we need we need the thing is we need help. So I need to figure out a place to put this. Maybe I'm going to start a wiki page in the Splunk wiki of common searches that people do. We could we could totally come up with like a couple of hundred common searches that people easy. do. Easy, that's easy to do. I mean, yeah. we could rip them out of all the apps. And sure. then, uh, you know, put some um, descriptions around what they do to help people so that you don't have to be a search ninja. You can just go and type in, I want a report showing a chart of IP for a 30-day period. He just and, needs the linguistics around it so he can match them, I see. Yeah, there's not going to be enough magic, you know, a magic in there, um, but it might be kind of a cool thing. So that's one thing he that's, has, that's, that's he has totally to do. Cool. We'll see, you know, there's no reason why the community can't help figure that out, so... That's what I learned. Search Assistant is getting cool. There's a billion new features in 4.3, but I'm not going to talk about them right now because I'm going to let Maverick tell us what he learned this week. Yeah, so mine's really easy, but I, it's pretty obvious. But it's now awesome. That I but it was but totally awesome. awesome. So, yeah, well, there's a couple things. So one thing I'll just want to well, say. One thing is, is awesome. UT, so someone asked me this week, um, uh, how do I put my SLA, like a line or something in my line chart with all my other values? How do I put my SLA, which is like, you know, the value that you want to see if it's above or below that line, like a threshold kind of thing? Oh, did you figure this out? Yeah, well, it was actually, I found it, again, on Splunk Answers, of all places, and it's really easy. You just when you're done, when you get to the end of your search and you have your, your um, you know, your table, basically, where the we're assuming here that maybe this left side is your t by time, right? Like like the time is on, like a time chart or stats. Well, the x-axis would be the values. x-axis would be with the values of time, and then, yeah, then the, the x-axis is probably time. Right. Correct. You just pipe to eval SLA equals 100 or 95 or whatever your whatever your value is, and then, then Splunk just adds that extra column with that, that thing going the same number all the way for all the time slices, all the way through, just like a pins it in there automatically when you do when you pipe to eval sla equal oh. sign whatever and it just puts it in there like at the very end like after you're done with the charting and then and then you can go in there and you can see your your series and then you see sla in there and then it has that line going across it's like so easy but i didn't even think about it oh, I that's it was, brilliant yeah it's just like it should be actually, a lot harder than that it should be but it's like so easy i was like wow you know but and i was on answers going there's got to be a way to do this really easy and sure enough so uh, I'm totally going to figure that. I'm going to try that and use it. I use it now everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, all my demos, I'll even I'll say, hey, by the way, if I want to put my SLA, boom, there it is. You know, cause <laughs> it's so fun to do. Um, and then the other thing, another thing real quick, and then, and then I'm done, is uh, <laughs> totally dope. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool is um, we have our buddy Kyle Smith. He's a listener from York College of Pennsylvania, and he sent us uh, to our Splunk Talk. Instead of a question, he sent us a PDF of a write-up he did where he built a Tour de France app, Splunk for Tour de France, where he found the feeds, kind of like a Nimishi kind of a thing, where you know how Nimish always gets those free live feeds from places like weather and news and stuff like that. And, and music and music and whatever. So this so 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 Kyle uh Splunked two different feeds from the Tour de France as you know, like showing the racer's name, their heart rate, their speed, all that stuff that they were doing in real time. He was getting it and had graphs where he was watching the Tour de France on a Splunk console with showing all the like the average heart rate who had uh, uh, the lowest heart rate over time and things like that and of course now it's over it doesn't work but he says he's tweaking it for next year already so i just thought that was a really cool what a great outside the box well, kind of thing it's perfect yeah it's a, it's a because it's time series data right it, it, yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's and people are and people around the world are wanting to watch it and they want to see those kinds of things right so 
you know, like what's the average uh, speed per country? Like, I mean, think about it. Like, that's per per team, per country, for whatever. It's simple enough to set up a Splunk server, like just, you know, on a rack space machine in the cloud or whatever. It costs nothing. And, you know, for for the, uh, during a sporting event like that, you could very easily tweet, uh, hey, I built a Tour de France um, dashboard, which is real time. And boom, you end up having people viewing your stuff. So it's <laughs> another really interesting use of Splunk, which is, you know, Maverick's favorite thing, Splunking outside the box. So. Yeah, I may have to. I may have to uh, talk about it during my session. I may have to figure out a way to talk about it, maybe high level, just because I think. I wonder it's if so he's cool. coming to user conference. I hope I so. I don't know. I hope he does, but um, yeah, but we're fun. real proud. So shout out to Kyle Smith, and Woot. thanks for sharing that with us. That's awesome. All righty, uh, d- do what Kyle did. Send email to Splunk Talk at Splunk dot com if you have cool stories, because we like to tell cool stories uh, about things other than hair and barbecue <laughs> and Nimish, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, if you have questions too, like our friend Jens had a pretty badass question about slow scans, uh, please send it off to us. We're happy to look it up. Even if it takes us a little while to figure it out, it's interesting because there's a good chance somebody else like you has a question that uh, you might benefit, they might benefit from your answer. So anyways, we're looking forward to seeing you at Splunk Talk and... User conference yeah. and happy oh. and, ha- and happy splunking. That's right, happy splunking. Have a great week. Not once, not never. Nope. Who's chairs that?